Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gumbanga land. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend our respect to any First Nation, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to remove the taboo around sex, periods and ethical non-monogamy in order to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships and lives. We'll also speak about all things nutrition, menstrual cycle, spirituality, mental health and the intersection of all of these topics. I'm your host, Jem Campbell. I'm a dietitian and nutritionist specializing in mental health, chronic migraine, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, ADHD, and autism. I'm also a sexologist with special interest in erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, sexual insecurity and shame, boundary setting, and consent. I'm also a menstrual cycle guide and menstrual blood witch. To work with me one-on-one, check out the links in the show notes. If you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so we can reach and empower as many sluts as possible. Hey folks, welcome back to Blood Slut. This is just a random little episode. Um, I've just decided to pop a masterclass that I did a few weeks ago up on the podcast so you can all listen to it. It is also like the video is available in my Facebook group. There's a link to that in the show notes if you just scroll down under the episode. Um, I also want to tell you that I have decided to extend the first round discount um, for Blood Magic until next week sometime I don't know when yet it's my birthday on Friday (laughs) in like one day I'm 28 so and I just got an autism diagnosis today which I will unpack next year in the next season of the podcast um yeah there's a lot there um so yeah I've just decided to extend it in celebration of my autism diagnosis. This is so exciting for me. And also just in celebration of me turning 28. Like, fuck yeah, that's so exciting. So, so the discount gives you 50% off the price of Blood Magic, making it 2000 Australian dollars. Keep in mind that there are six month and 10 month payment plans available. So that means that you can be paying as little as $50 a week. For blood magic slay remembering that like 50 bucks can literally buy you two takeaway meals bitch and you're putting that money into your healing into your health you're investing in yourself in your well-being in your longevity and in really your personal self-discovery journey and your transformation evolution journey because the more money we invest in ourselves the better our fucking life is going to be, the happier we're going to be, the more we're going to be able to manifest in our life, the hotter our sex life is going to be, the more connected we're going to be to our bodies, the more educated we're going to be around menstrual cycle. Like we just were not taught this shit in school. And if you don't do programs like this, you are not going to learn this stuff and have the support and coaching that you need to take it to a deeper level. Because you can absorb all the podcast content you want, all the free masterclasses, all the free content from social media that you want. But being in an actual live group coaching container, 
being in an actual live group coaching experience is very different to that. It levels it up because you are actually surrounded by community on a weekly basis. Like we're going to have a supportive telegram group that we're going to be communicating in probably most days throughout the six months that you're in the container, that you're in blood magic. And I just want to say, I know $2,000 sounds really expensive, probably to some people. And you're like, oh my God, that's so much money. But let me break it down for you. Okay. So you have six monthly group coaching calls. Each of these, so each call on its own is worth $250. So times six, that's $1,500 on its own for the group coaching calls. And then you have like four plus bonus education calls, which are valued at $250 each as well. So that's another $1,000 plus. So already that's $2,500 and you're only paying $2,000. Like think about how much money you spend on therapy. Think about how much money you spend on, I don't know, going to yoga classes or going to the gym, right? Like we spend a lot of money on those things. But when it comes to doing deeper work, that's maybe a little bit scarier, a little bit more taboo, uh, a little bit less mainstream, we shit our pants and we're like, oh, that looks really cool. That looks really interesting. And I really want to do it. But do I want to jump in? Like, do I, am I really committed to this? Like, do I want to pay $2,000 for something that's not quote unquote mainstream or that's not like a normal thing, quote unquote, for people to do? Which is like blood magic or menstrual cycle education and sexual healing and all those things like we think often we can heal those things on our own and we can, right? But first of all, you need to develop the skills to actually heal yourself. These aren't skills that we're taught in school. These aren't skills. What I teach you in blood, blood magic, I can guarantee that no psychologist or very, very few psychologists in the entire world teach these things because this is spiritual therapy. This is spiritual and energetic medicine. It's also emotional, mental and physical medicine and healing as well. But a lot of the time, energetics and spiritual health are not addressed in therapy. And a lot of the time, pretty much, I would say 99.9% of the time, menstrual cycle is not brought into therapy. Menstrual cycle is not spoken about in the therapeutic psychology psychological space and I'm not claiming to be a psychologist folks obviously but as someone who has been in therapy for seven and a half years and didn't start making leaps and bounds in therapy and in connection to my body until I started learning about menstrual cycle and until I started deeply connecting with my sexuality and my inner slut and learning how to activate my inner seductress, I was just like not there. Like no amount of therapy was going to heal me because there was a massive part of my life that was missing and that was my connection to my menstrual cycle and living in sync with my menstrual cycle. Because think about it babes like we are in our menstrual cycle all of the time until we hit menopause 
that is like decades of our lives. If we are not familiar with menstrual cycle and how our menstrual cycles affect our day-to-day lives, that is a massive piece missing of the puzzle kind of like my autism diagnosis today. If I didn't get that, I would not fully understand myself and what the fuck's going on. Massive piece of the puzzle missing. It gets me really mad that menstrual cycle is not something that is brought into the therapeutic space, into into therapy. It pisses me off that menstrual cycle is not looked at and it's just not looked at. Even dietitians and nutritionists, like it's starting to happen more now, but like That's just not looked at, even with migraine or other chronic health issues. Like we need to be looking at the menstrual cycle. And that was a bit of a tangent, but um, back to the money thing. So I broke down the the live group coaching calls, right? $2,500 altogether. And the self-paced modules on top of that is two grand. So the entire program is valued at $4,500. And at the moment, you can get it for $50 a week for $2,000 total. That's over 50% off, okay? I'm not going to be selling the program for up to that. Like I'm I'm going to limit it at four grand most likely, but I will be throwing discount codes at you left, right and center. So you need to be taking those because like I, even though this program is worth like over four grand, like I want it to be accessible. I'm disabled. I have experienced financial hardship for long periods of time. I understand that it's difficult to commit to something like this financially. But sometimes you just have to take the leap. And that's why I've created these payment plans so that you can pay just like a little bit of money each week or each month rather so that you, you it's doable and you don't miss out on this incredible experience. Now, if the six-month and 10-month payment plans don't work for you and you need longer to pay it off, that is absolutely fine. Please send me an email to discuss because I am more than happy to offer you a longer, like a 12-month or like a 15-month payment plan. Totally there with you, babe. That's absolutely doable. Just make sure that you email me and contact me before you enroll Because I will have to add like an extra section in the group agreement, which is a contract that you sign just to make sure we're on the same page. And I will have to put that in there. Um, So please don't enroll before discussing that with me first. Yeah. Like I said before, like this might sound hella exy, right? But when you break it down like that, you're like, oh, damn, I'm actually saving so much money because like group coaching with me is literally like $200 for an hour and a half. (laughs) And so like if you were to do like, I don't know, six group coaching calls with me or something, like it would be a lot more expensive than just doing this program. Plus you're getting like all of the self-paced modules and all of the extra content on top of that. And plus you're also going to meet like loads of like-minded people who are also going to be on the exact same journey with you for the six months. Like 50 bucks a week for more fulfilling sex for the rest of your life. (laughs) Skills that you will have for the rest of your life. Self-soothing healing tools that you have for the rest of your life. Nervous system regulation tools that you have for the rest of your life. 
You're literally in your menstrual cycle all the time. (laughs) Every moment, if you have a womb and you haven't hit menopause, you are in your menstrual cycle. This is your daily fucking life, bitch. (laughs) So if you don't actually take the time to learn about what the fuck's going on with your uterus and your reproductive organs and your hormones... How the fuck are you going to ever understand yourself fully and understand how your body actually works? Because once we know how our body works, we can advocate for ourselves and we can start dismantling patriarchy. And blood magic is all about, like the foundations of blood magic are in dismantling patriarchy. Like from doing this program, Your productivity will increase by so much because you will learn how to use your menstrual cycle and the ebbs and flows of your hormones to your advantage. And in this masterclass that you're about to listen to, I go into the four phases of the cycle and I explain what cyclical living is and how you can kind of start to sync your life. But Folks, you have to understand this is just a toe dip in the water. Listening to something like this is great and it's going to be so helpful and it's a beginner's step, right? But if you want to really get results, you have to go deeper than this. You have to go deeper than just listening to a podcast episode and taking notes. You need the skills to integrate this stuff and that's why I created Blood Magic. So... If you're interested in the program, head to the show notes and there's a link there. All you need to do is take the first step in the enrollment process before whenever I decide next week that the discount code ends. I will keep you in the loop. Um, Check out my socials. Make sure you're on my email list for updates on that. But it will likely be like towards the end of next week. So you've got heaps of time. You've probably got like a week, right? To sit with this, literally take a few minutes out of your day Sit in nature somewhere, go to the fucking beach, meditate, sit with your spirit guides, sit with your higher self and be like, am I ready for this? Like, is blood magic for me? Like, if you're kind of like, you know, a bit like on the fence, you're like, "Um, do I want to like invest this amount of money into this? Like, is it going to be worth it? Like really tune in with your intuition. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is your decision. I'm just here to teach you and to educate you and to guide you but you have that inner wisdom and so sit with yourself sit with that you know maybe it's time to invest in your health babe maybe you're someone who loves getting your nails done you love getting a massage here and there you love like indulging but you haven't actually yet done that deep inner work that's really going to take you leaps and bounds in your evolution and in your growth like maybe you haven't just quite committed yet and you're kind of like you're kind of like oh like I just you know you want to go but there's like a little bit of resistance take the leap babe because when we keep staying in this place of resistance and avoidance of actually facing the tough work and the work that requires a lot of dedication and commitment, it can be really hard to take that leap. I get it. I've been there. But you have to do it sooner or later. 
because the longer you leave it, the more resistance is going to build up, right? You might know like, yes, I've got a lot of internalized period shame. I've got a lot of internalized sexual shame, a lot of internalized slut shame. I've got a lot of healing that I need to do. But it's so overwhelming and you don't know where to start. That's intimidating. But you need to start somewhere. And having a program like this where I literally hold your hand throughout six months. Like I am literally going to be there by your side virtually. (laughs) I'm going to be there with you along your journey. You're not going to be alone. Anyway, let's get into the masterclass. Now, I'm assuming all of you who are in this group know me by now. My name's Jem. I'm a gender fluid blood slut. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a sexologist, dietitian, nutritionist, menstrual cycle guide, menstrual blood witch, and trans and disability advocate and educator. I'm the founder of and CEO of my business, Jem Campbell Nutrition and Sexology. I also produce and host my podcast, Blood Slut, which I'm sure you're all very aware of. So I'm not going to go too much further. Just I'm I'm a phlegmy bitch. Just give me a sec. And absolutely filthy and disgusting and slutty. Okay. So I'm just going to get into it. Okay. So first of all, basically, I'm going to go through the phases of the menstrual cycle and how we typically feel. Not that there's really any typical way to feel because, you know, a lot of the time it's... um. Sorry, give me a sec. Oh, I have a serious phlegm issue. Um, I hope my lipstick doesn't get fucked as well. Okay, so we're going to go into the menstrual cycle, how we typically feel in each one, but obviously it's very individualized. We all feel different during different stages of the menstrual cycle. And also individually, cycle to cycle, we're going to feel different. There's no two people in this world that have the same, like we have, we might have similar um, hormonal changes, right? But the way that our hormones actually affect our behavior, our energy levels, our libido, like all of that stuff is very different. And that comes down to a number of factors like diet, exercise, lifestyle factors, genetic factors, all the things, right? So... Uh, I'm going to speak to the phases in a way that a lot I feel like in specifically in the spiritual community do which is talking about the the menstrual cycle like the seasons of the year I'm so sorry about that I don't know what's going on also make sure you have some like tea or water close by as well so when we think about the seasons of the year okay with the menstrual cycle we start with winter and then we move through to spring and then summer and then autumn or fall depending where you are in the world so you might like to have a guess of what's what but I'm going to start with winter our inner winter is what we call it and that's menstruation this is the first phase of your menstrual cycle okay so Day one of your menstrual cycle and remembering that the menstrual cycle is not just your period. The menstrual cycle is the whole month or five weeks if you have a longer cycle. 
It's your whole cycle going through all four phases. So menstrual cycle, uh, sorry, menstruation in a winter. So think day one, you're in winter time. You want to hibernate, okay? <laughs> you want to recharge, rejuvenate. Think of bears when they hibernate, right? They go into their little bear caves and they get all nice and cozy and they have like a bunch of, I don't know, fish or whatever, like stored. <laughs> They've got food ready to eat, ready to go, and they're ready to nourish their body and really go inward and focus on their inner world. So this is obviously a massive generalization. Sometimes during your bleed, you might actually feel quite social and quite extroverted and outward. And that's also totally normal. There really is no abnormal in terms of like how sociable you feel through the phases. That's just an individual thing. When I was younger, I used to feel super like sociable, energized during my period. I used to go out. I used to hang out with my friends a lot. I used to be doing a lot of stuff. And honestly, that could have been because I didn't really have the tools I have now, the knowledge I have now to know that that's a time of rest. And I did go pretty hard through my life, but I was also a lot less disabled back then, a lot less mentally ill. I had a lot of, a lot less going on in with my health. So I think I just had more energy. Um, and so if you do live with chronic health conditions, mental illness, like ADHD, autism, you might find that your bleed is a serious time of hibernation. <laughs> But even if you don't have any of those conditions and you're just really burnt out from work or you just have a really heavy period or even just like some pretty gnarly PMS symptoms or premenstrual disorder stuff going on, your bleed, you might just be like dead. So day one of your period is day one of your menstrual cycle. It's the first day of your bleed, your moon, your period, whatever you want to call it, right? And it's the first day when you have an actual, like actual blood, like an actual decent amount of blood where you need to use like a pad, a tampon, period undies, menstrual cup. It's not just like spotting. You know how sometimes on the first day of your period, you have like, it's quite light and like spotty and like sometimes a bit brown in color. That's not actually day one of your period or of your cycle. That's actually the last day of your previous cycle. So just let me know in the chat if that's confusing for anyone and I will like try and explain it in a different way. But basically when you have that spotting, that's like that that is spotting, right? It's not your actual period. So day one of your cycle is when you have actual like bright red blood and it's like flowing out, Okay. That's what you count as day one. And I think not many people know that. So make sure that, yeah, you're doing that. Um, And if you're consistently getting spotting before your period or in between, you know, both periods, I would definitely be going to a sexual health clinic or to chat to your GP about that. Um, make sure you're advocating for yourself because 
a lot of the time doctors will tell us and gaslight us and be like, um, that's like pretty common, but it's not actually normal. Um, and so, yeah, doctors can be pretty pooey. They can be pretty shitty. So make sure you're advocating for yourself. Go and get a second opinion. Tune into your intuition. You can always send me a message as well or another menstrual cycle educator if you need some like advice or like help with stuff like that. Um, because sometimes, honestly, like unless your doctor has training in women's health, in, you know, the female reproductive system, which my current doctor does, which is really helpful, then it can be a bit tricky and they might just like be like, oh yeah, whatever, like there's nothing wrong with you, but there could actually be something going on. Um, you might need to get like a pap smear, even if you haven't reached your five-year mark to have another one. So I feel like I look like a little dweeb right now. <laughs> just like looking at myself in the Facebook live stream. I'm like, I just look like a little egg. All right. Um, so it's pretty normal to have mild period pain for the first one to two days of your period. Um, that's reasonably healthy. Period pain beyond this, please again see your GP and advocate for yourself. Um, because anything more severe, there could be, you know, endo happening, PCOS, um, fibroids, like there's, you know, ovarian cysts, like there's a whole number of things that could be going on. It could also be a psychological thing. I have actually found um when I was younger. And I hadn't done as much EMDR or any EMDR, which is a type of psychosomatic therapy. I found that my period pain was actually a lot worse. And the older I got, and I'm going to take my hair out because I look like a little egg right now. <laughs> and so the more um, I started unpacking my trauma and stuff, um, the less period pain I actually had, which I think is pretty epic right um that like the link between like our psychology and like our psyche and then our body and so that's something to be just aware of when you're tracking your cycle just notice like if you are doing intensive therapy even if it's just talk therapy just notice like is my period pain like lessening is my are my pms symptoms lessening that's something just to be a bit curious about Okay, so our menstrual flow, so the actual stuff that comes out of our pussy, is actually a mixture of endometrial tissue, which is, um, you know, the lining of the end uh, of the uterus, which is also known as our womb, and it's also a mixture of blood and mucus. So it's a mixture of those three things. It's not just, you know, chunks and blood. There is some mucus in there, and basically, what's happening. Um, physically during this time is that the uterus is shedding its endometrial tissue and the shedding of this lining is stimulated by the reduction in progesterone and estrogen levels in the bloodstream. So those are the two main sex hormones that I'm going to be talking about today that you've probably heard of a million times. Um, they're very important in the menstrual cycle. So like I said earlier, this is a time of hibernation. We're typically craving foods with higher calories. We have larger appetites and there's no shame in that, right? But it's all about listening to your intuition and intuitively eating and listening to your body and when you're feeling full. 
Okay. So if you do have quite a large appetite, that's absolutely fine. Eat, you know, all the nutritious foods. You can have some treats, um, have some, some nummies. Don't, you know, restrict yourself in any way. Um, but just be aware of like, am I just craving this food or am I actually hungry? And obviously sometimes it's okay to give in to your cravings, but if we're doing that all the time, we might actually start binge eating or we might be eating a bit too much of what we call discretionary foods or sometimes foods, also known as junk foods, but I don't like to use that word. <laughs> and so, yeah, if um you've got any like nutrition questions, you can also pop them in the chat. Um. All right, so that's sort of the nutrition side of things, obviously staying really hydrated, very important. Um, And then it's also a time, more emotionally speaking, of reflection of your previous cycle. Okay, so we're having, we're, we're looking at journal prompts like, what can I shift to improve my life? Whoops, sorry, just give me one sec. Just making sure the Zoom was still going. So what can I shift to improve my life? What can I streamline or change to bring more pleasure and easefulness into my life? Too often we go through our lives really fast-paced And we don't allow space for reflection and just contemplation. You know, like what's going on in my life for this past month or few weeks? What, What can I shift to make things easier? What commitments can I let go of? What new hobbies can I take up that are going to fulfill me and attract more abundance and new friends into my life? It's a really great time to to think about what you want in your life, what you desire, what you're in pursuit of, what you want to manifest because manifestation is not just, and it goes a whole module in blood magic on manifestation, but manifestation is so much more than just writing something down a piece of paper. That's the first step, right? But then you need to take those actionable steps to get there. So it's like kind of like starting to think, what little steps can I take to actually get to that place, but you're just brainstorming at this point. Okay. The next phase of the cycle, you go more into planning and structuring. So it's taking time for introspection, observing both your inner and outer worlds, your thoughts, your limiting beliefs, who you're spending your time with. You're breaking down each area of your life during this time. And you're like, pulling it apart and unpacking it and just taking some time with it. Because if we're going full pace all the time, how can we expect to achieve our goals? Pausing and reflecting is key 
to success in life and getting where you want to go. Even if where you want to go is living in a van with like just living off Centrelink or whatever, even if that's your goal, if you want to just like travel around your van and like do odd jobs here and there and not have much money, like you still need to, <laughs> you still need to get the van. You still need to like set up that, right? So during our, our bleed, our intuition is also heightened. And that's why I love to manifest with my blood. And I teach you how to do this and to connect and channel spirit in blood magic. And I'm going to do a little blood magic information session at the end today. So just hold out for that if you're interested. Now, some people, like I said earlier, might feel social during this time. Some people might not. Go with the flow. This might change cycle to cycle. So just go with it. You don't have to like stay at home just because you have your period. I'm not telling you what to do. You you decide that. Menstrual cycle awareness and empowerment is about taking your power back and being in control. So it's a really great time to be talking about emotions and, you know, stuff can come to the surface during this time. So just be aware of that and you might need to cry. You might need to sit with it. You might, I I find it's also a really great time to go and get like energy therapy and things like that as well. I have more about all of this kind of self-care stuff in my period self-care guide. Um, It's just 33 Australian dollars and you can buy it on my website. Um, I might actually just pop a link in the chat so that you can just quickly click it because I'm not going to go too much more into the like self-care stuff right now just because I don't have time and we've got a lot to cover and I was already late because of the technical issues so let me just grab this link for you guys so sex while you're bleeding obviously can feel eh, a bit uncomfortable you might feel quite full in the pelvic area, especially for the first couple of days when you've got a bit of pain and like everything's kind of like vomiting out your pussy. So, you know, you might be a bit sensitive. Orgasms can be really helpful though to help reduce cramps, backache and that fullness feeling due to the release of, I'm probably going to fucking say this wrong, but vasosingestion. (laughs) My dyslexia has been rampant. Vaso vasosingestion. I literally had to write it down. So I Anyway, I'm going to just write the word in in the chat so you can see what I'm talking about because I'm, like, just not saying it right. Vasosingestion. (laughs) Anyway, um, so the release of vasosingestion um, really relaxes everything in the pelvic bowl. And so even doing, like, some hip shaking and stuff might be good as well. Um, child's pose is really good. You know, there's heaps of different yoga poses. I've actually got a playlist on YouTube, um, my YouTube, which I will link after this. Um, that's just for your bleed and like your luteal phase. That's really great. Again, I have tips and things for those things in my period self-care guide. Just listen to your intuition, tune in to what kind of sex you like during that time. Again, it might change. Um, In terms of exercise, we want to be doing gentle things like gentle yoga, like yin yoga, restorative yoga, walking, tai chi is really great, qigong is really great, 
Um, if you've never done Tai Chi before, oh my God, it's luxurious. I absolutely love Tai Chi. It's so fun. Um, and it's so soothing and so good for when you're bleeding. So give that a crack. Um, towards the end of your bleed, obviously, when you start to get more energy, um, you know, if you have like my bleed goes for seven days. So like by the end of my bleed, typically I can go for like a more brisk walk or run or play some tennis or something. Um, don't push yourself though. Again, tune into your body. If you have a day where you have like a massive spurt of energy and you just need to get it out, of course, go for a run, but just don't push yourself too much. All right. So let's move on to the next phase, which is the follicular phase or inner spring. So we've just come out of winter hibernation, right? And we're moving into spring, which we're actually about to move into very soon in Australia. So we enter this phase of the cycle when there's a fall in progesterone and estrogen. And this stimulates the release of follicular stimulating hormone, also known as FSH. Okay, so FSH stimulates the development of follicles to mature and the production of estrogen. And estrogen is what causes the endometrium to thicken. And when levels of estrogen in the bloodstream peak, FSH is depressed and then luteinizing hormone, also known as LH, production is stimulated. So we're slowly integrating back into the world and we need to be gentle with this transition because I've noticed in myself, especially with ADHD and hyperactive ADHD, I'm like leaping from fucking menstruation into follicular phase. I'm like, yeah, I'm back. But then it's like, whoa, I need to like slowly integrate back in because you can actually burn yourself out and it can actually be quite a tender time for some people. The follicular phase for me, the last few months I've been talking about this on my socials, has been really challenging and has actually felt like my PME and like premenstrual disorder symptoms have moved to my follicular phase. Um, and I've been getting a lot more like PTSD, emotional flashbacks. It's interesting. And I do think that's because it's quite like a significant hormonal change during that time, just like there is at the start of kind of the luteal phase. So yeah, just be mindful of that. Like, you know, typically in the menstrual cycle space, we talk a lot about how the luteal phase and the your bleed can be quite challenging emotionally um, because a lot of stuff comes up, like a lot of suppressed things, which I'm going to talk about at the end when I go into the luteal phase. But other phases of your cycle, like ovulation and follicular phase, can ju- be just as difficult. It obviously depends on what's going on at your life in your life at that time, but it also depends on just your own reaction to the hormonal changes and just your own cyclical patterns. And I did just release a podcast episode last week on um, cyclical patterns and becoming more aware of yours. So maybe go and give that a listen if that's something you think would be helpful. Um, just looking at me now, so don't forget to say anything. All right. Energy levels. So obviously they're beginning to rise, um, you know, as estrogen is increasing and you might start to feel a little more social and you might 
want to exercise a little bit more. But again, take it slowly, intuitively listen to your body. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> um, if you want to go for a run, do some HIIT, um, you know, circuit training stuff, go to a spin class, like again, you know, listen to your body. But if you find you are getting really pooped really fast, maybe just back off a little bit. I wouldn't be pushing yourself too much when you're going through that transition phase between phases. <laughs> um, some menstrual cycle educators, and I, I had a coach for a bit actually, who would talk about the menstrual cycle in a very generalized way. And there was not really a lot of nuance to what she said. And so I was kind of taught for a long time and thought for a long time that the menstrual cycle had to be the same for everyone. And it had to be like follicular phase, you do this type of exercise and you eat these things and you feel this way. And then this phase, and like, that's just not true. It's so different for everyone. And so just being aware of that and just not putting expectation on yourself, like, oh, I need to feel, or I should feel this specific way in this specific phase, not right. And I learned this from the amazing Lindsay Sarah, Flow With Your Flow. She talks about this a lot. I've been following her for a while and she's a really great teacher in this space. And I did a podcast episode with her the other week on the fertility awareness method. Really worth a listen. She's amazing. Um, all right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So in terms of life things, um, this is when you'll start planning. So you know how in menstruation, I was talking about how um, you kind of like, you go inward and you're like starting to brainstorm and like thinking about what you want in your life manifest. You're kind of sitting with everything and stewing over things. Um, the follicular phase is when you start kind of putting those things into action. So you start writing down your goals or maybe you wrote them in menstruation and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to like break down these goals into actionable steps into strategies. I'm going to strategize now. I'm going to be analytical. How can I achieve these things in the most efficient way? It's a time for problem solving. It's a great time for starting new projects. So maybe you had a creative idea blossom or birth in menstruation, which is which happens quite often. Maybe you know you ha- you're a business owner like me and you had a creative idea. Maybe you're an artist and you had a- had an idea for a painting and you're like, "Yes." And but then you didn't maybe have the energy or the motivation to do it in menstruation. Follicular phase is a fucking time to do it. If you're feeling that energy, harness it. Okay. So you're starting to set intentions for the entire month ahead and you're taking aligned action. So it's also a really great time to do tasks that require more brain power and thinking. Because you might kind of have that period brain, you know, it's a bit mushy. There's some like brain fog going on. It's not really necessarily the best time sometimes to actually take action and to do tasks where you need a lot of brain power. So this is what I mean, you know, when I say cyclical living and living in alignment, this is how to harness the power of your cycle is to do these things. It's to listen to your intuition and your higher self, to your soul. To your spirit guides, if you're, you know, a spiritual person, what is going on up there? Tuning in. Like I said, menstruation, the intuition is heightened. Use that shit. Get your fucking crystals. Amethyst, amazing for the third eye opening. Amazing to use during menstruation. Literally just lay the fuck on your bed, lather yourself in crystals and just be like, all right, 
talk to me, bitches. And just like talk to your spirit guides, talk to your higher self, be like, what the fuck's like, what am I doing? What should I be doing? Guide me, give me a sign, show me what's up. And you get some messages when you tune in, but you need to create space in your life to tune in. They're not just going to come to you. Okay. You need to create silence so that those downloads can come to you. You're also going to have different cognitive capacities during the cycle, the phases of the cycle. Okay. So just be aware of that as well. Um, so I'm just looking at my, making sure I haven't forgotten to say anything there. Okay. I think that's it for the um, inner spring. If you have any questions again, just even if you're watching the recording, chuck them in the chat and I will get to those later. Why did I just say that in American accent? Slay. All right. So ovulation, ovulatory phase, inner summer. All right. So think about summertime. You want to go out. You want to shake your titties. You want to be social. You know, you want to, I don't know, go a bit crazy, you know? So ovulation is the process of the mature egg being released from an ovary passed down through the tiny little thin fragile uterine tube also known as the fallopian tube to the uterus now this can take between 16 to 32 hours this process luteinizing hormone or lh stimulates the release of the ovum which is the egg okay so regardless of your cycle length which is typically, you know, 28 to 36 days, ovulation, so regardless of that length, ovulation typically occurs 14 days prior to your bleed starting. However, this is really only typical if you have a 28-day cycle. And for a lot of us, that's not the case. And even if you do have a 28-day cycle, you could actually ovulate on another day. Like you you're not necessarily going to ovulate smack bang on day 14. You could ovulate on day 20. Or if you have a longer cycle, you could even, you know, ovulate later than that. So this is why it's so important to track ovulation using the fertility awareness method. So you know what's happening there. Once the egg is released, can survive for 24 hours hanging around. All right. Sperm can hang around in the uterus for up to five days. And this is why cycle tracking again is so important and tracking the fertility signs and actually doing training in fam so that you understand that process. If you're not taking hormonal birth control or have the copper IUD. So this means that if you have intercourse and your partner, your penis owner partner ejaculates inside you, you know, uh, maybe the end of your bleed and you typically ovulate, you know, only like a few days after your bleed. Like if you typically ovulate around, I don't know, say if your, your bleed's like seven days like mine and then you have sex on that seventh day and then you ovulate five days after that, if their sperm is like hanging around in there, which it can for five days, you can get pregnant because you don't necessarily know when you're going to ovulate that far in advance. 
Okay. Even if you have like a typical time in your cycle when you ovulate, it can change from cycle to cycle in the same person. So studies have found that womb holders experience heightened sexual desire during this time. Makes sense, right? It's when we want to be making babies. We can orgasm more easily. It's more easy, more easy to fantasize and we fantasize a lot more around this time. So a little bit more like exploration of our sexuality. And studies have also found that we masturbate more often because we're just fucking hornier. Our libido is like up here. Remembering libido is sexual arousal and sexual desire or drive, okay? So this is a great time to fuck (laughs) if you're avoiding pregnancy and you're not on hormonal birth control. Obviously, you need to be using a condom or abstaining from intercourse. More flirting behavior has also been noted in research, more aroused, like we're more aroused by visual imagery, especially imagery of penetrative sex. And I mean, duh. Um, It's also a great time to socialize, try new things, start a new hobby, go on dates, um, you know, challenge yourself, take a leap of faith, take a risk. Um, You've got a bit more like courage, I'd say at this time, or a bit more motivation to do things and a bit more like risk-taking behavior in a good way. Um, It's also a great time to have more challenging conversations. So maybe you've been putting off a really hard conversation with a family member and you really want to set some boundaries with them. Ovulation is probably the time to do it. But again, that's a massive generalization. I've actually had some really nourishing and needed conversations in my luteal phase. That's up to your discernment (laughs) when you do that. But typically speaking, ovulation is good because you have more confidence. You're more sure of yourself. You know, research shows that we, we kind of have a bit more of a glow during that time. We're more like, ah, like, and more people are more magnetized towards us. And that's just because we, we kind of almost become more attractive, basically, both emotionally, physically, all of it. Um, because remember we're, we're animals <laughs> at the root of everything. So it's a primal thing. Um, so yeah, just have a think about those things, you know, um, 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 um oh, obviously take action on things that you want to manifest in your life and set up actionable steps, which you can also do in your follicular phase, but you might take it a step further in ovulation. All right. So let's move on to luteal phase or inner autumn. After ovulation, the cells in the ovary release progesterone and a small amount of estrogen. The lining then thickens to prepare for pregnancy. And if the implantation of the blastocyst, which is the ovum or the egg and the sperm together, if this does not occur, that means there's no conception, there's no pregnancy, LH and FSH are shut down, and this causes estrogen and progesterone levels to decrease. The reduction of these hormone levels then triggers the shedding of the endometrium, and then the cycle continues. So the luteal phase is the fourth phase of the cycle, and it goes, it's typically the longest phase as well, and it's is the one right before you bleed. 
So that can, you know, be a tricky time for some people, especially if you if you have a premenstrual disorder, you might experience some PMS. It's a great time also to organize and plan for your bleed. So finish up any projects, refine any projects, refine things, pay attention to details, set aside time to rewire your brain and look at limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns during this time as well. EFT tapping during the luteal phase, amazing. Because you can just do it anywhere, anytime, right? You have a belief coming up that says, oh, like, I don't know, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving of this person that I'm dating. Okay. And then you tap through the points, right? I teach tapping as well in blood magic. It's a great time also to take care of any life admin and kind of like logistics in your life so that in your bleed you don't need to do those things so that during your bleed you can just surrender and sit back and relax. Obviously, sometimes you are going to have some commitments and things that you need to do in your bleed, especially if you uh, like run your own business like me. Sometimes there's things that you need to do and also sometimes you work for a boss and you can't just take work off, right? But then at least after work, your schedule's clear and your weekend is clear. So you can just like veg on the couch, do some yoga, whatever the fuck you like doing when you're resting. Okay. It's also a great time to cook some meals, all that kind of thing. Again, all that, you know, self-care stuff. Pre-bleed is in my period self-care guide, which is link is in the chat. Um, During the luteal phase, for me personally, I've found a lot of loneliness comes up and this might just be a me thing, but you might find like a recurring pattern of like a similar feeling or emotion surfacing. Look at that. Talk to your therapist about that. Talk to your coach about that. Whoever you talk to about your stuff. Um, Yeah. Talk to someone like me. Like you can see me for this kind of stuff. You know, you can book a sex coaching session um, or purchase a sex coaching package if you want to work through menstrual cycle stuff. you know, sometimes it's good to talk to someone about these things and not just keep it to yourself because, and it's also really important to notice these patterns because if something's continuously coming up every single cycle in your luteal phase, then, I mean, there's obviously something going on, right? And for me, this loneliness keeps coming up because, you know, that's obviously related to my BPD and my complex PTSD, but it's because I have not had the best work-life balance. I've been working so much because I'm trying to get, you know, my business going because I'm like, it's just me. I don't have a team. And so I am feeling socially isolated because I haven't been prioritizing my social life during this period of my life. And so I'm aware of that. I'm like, okay, that's why this keeps coming up. That's okay. I'm going to sit and move through those emotions. I'm going to create space to just lay in bed and cry and feel that stuff. I'm going to like call a friend. I'm going to message a friend. I'm going to connect with people who I love, even if I can't see them in person. And so that like awareness of that cyclical pattern can actually just save you so much like depression and like shitty feelings. Because you're just like, okay, this is just coming up now because of this. 
it's coming up now because I'm in my luteal phase. I'm a little bit more emotionally vulnerable and that's okay. This isn't going to last forever. As soon as I start bleeding or move, you know, through the stages of my cycle, it is going to go away again. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that you just like let it go away and then it comes back and then let it go away and it comes back. (laughs) You need to try and do something about it, obviously. Okay, so again, if anyone has any questions about menstrual cycle stuff, chuck it in the chat or you can send me a message. Remembering that I can support you with menstrual cycle things in sex coaching. And you can also, I also have an add-on now actually for my coaching, which is just a menstrual cycle education session. And it's like, I think it's like 60 bucks and it's like half an hour. So you can add that on to like your sex coaching or nutrition coaching session. I also have um, one-on-one Voxer coaching as well. Now Voxer is a messaging app. It's like a walkie-talkie app. It's like messaging, audio, video, photos, kind of like similar to WhatsApp, I guess. And it's available on all types of phones. Um, And I offer one day of coaching, one-on-one. So you have me for the whole day, just messaging back and forth. Um, I also have a three-day one and a month-long one right? So obviously for the month long one, I will only be replying to in business hours. But if you have any questions about those offerings, if you're a really busy person and you want to get on top of menstrual cycle awareness and literacy and education and start tracking your cycle, or if you have like sex stuff you want to work through in conjunction with menstrual cycle stuff and nutrition stuff, I have the sex and nutrition coaching hybrid as well. So you can book Voxer coaching for any of my types of coaching, nutrition, sex, or the sex and nutrition coaching hybrid. If you have any questions about that, just message me or send me an email. Um, I will pop my email in the chat. As well, and I'm sure you all know what my Instagram is, um, but if you don't, let me know. All right. So that went a lot longer than I expected. (laughs) So I am going to chat a little bit about slut reclamation. I'm not going to do the exercise today because that's going to be like a really weird, just like doing it here by myself when no one's here live. <laughs> but um, when some of you do come live, we will do that another time Um, because that's like going to be so fun. Um, Maybe I will do it. I'll see how I feel because you might like to do that in the replay. Um, and I might just like sit here and guide you through it. I might still do it. Um, all right. So slut reclamation. I know that's a bit of a shift in topic and some of you might be like, what does being a slut have to do with menstrual cycle gem gem? Um, okay. Let's start with the word slut and I'll go into that in a moment. When you hear the word slut, What thoughts come to mind? Pop it in the chat. Even if you're watching the replay, pop it in the chat. We need to change the connotation of the word slut, right? Because being a slut to me and to a lot of people who identify as an ethical slut, a lot of people in the kink community, a lot of people in the ethical non-monogamy polyamorous community, being a slut to us is embodying our sexuality and our sensuality in whatever way makes our heart and genitals sing. Every part of us sing. Being a slut is a way of life to us. It's a way of consciously connecting and relating to folks that you're intimate with, partners, sexual partners, playmates. 
it's choosing sexual and romantic partners and also friends and really anyone in your life who uplift you and support you, who worship and devour you, right? It's living consciously. Like slut is just a way of life to me and it has been for so long. I've been a very sexual person from a young age and when I started having sex at 17 and I started exploring well, I should say intercourse. I was having doing other stuff before then, but sexual intercourse and like I guess I started having sex probably when I was like 15 or 16. But, you know, when I started doing that stuff, like I was just like addicted to it. I've always felt this sluttiness within me. I just love expressing my sexuality outwardly. And I have so many different kinks as well that like play into that. But it's like so hot to have people see me in my raw sexuality, to be seen in my sexual expression authentically. There's just something about it that's just so hot and fulfilling. And when you Google the word slut, you know, when when you Google it, <laughs> it literally just says a woman with many sexual partners. And it has a warning under it and it says offensive. To me, I think that's a bit bizarre. <laughs> In what world is it offensive to say you've slept with a lot of people? It's not fucking offensive for a guy to sleep with a lot of people. He's a player. He gets praised by his mates. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, fuck yeah, Johnny, yeah. And we're just like, "Mm, okay. And then we cop the walk of shame. Oh, she just had her walk of shame this morning, you know. And it's like this shame. It's like shaming our sexuality. But men don't have to cop that. Cis men don't have to cop that. But vulva owners, AFABs, femmes, and women do because of patriarchy, (laughs) okay? I personally think it's fucking hot when people sleep with lots of people. Okay, when we talk about being an ethical slut, we're talking about sleeping with people in a conscious way and it could be lots of people or it could be not many people. Maybe you're an ethical slut and you just sleep with one person. You can be a slut and just have one partner. You can be monogamous and be a slut. Anyone can be a slut. But being an ethical slut is having good communication, great communication. It's considering others' feelings and emotions. It's constantly having relationship check-ins, even if it's just a fuck buddy dynamic or a situationship. It's constantly communicating with the people you're intimate with. And checking in with them, making sure they're good with what's going on, making sure the dynamic is mutual and you're not just like assuming things, that's what being an ethical slut is. And the word slut is typically used in a derogatory sense, right, especially by cis men. And a lot of women with internalised misogyny, a lot of people with internalised misogyny, I I still hear it. Cis women sometimes say it's a lot less 
in the trans community and the gender non-conforming community, I would say. And I think we're just gen- generally more open to shit. But, you know, I find so many cis women, like, still don't like being called a slut or don't like the word slut. It still feels derogatory to them. And that's because they haven't reclaimed it. Okay? And that's why blood magic menstrual cycle awareness and sluttiness is all basically the same thing. That's what it has in common, right, is it has been taken away from us for centuries by patriarchy. We've been shamed for bleeding. Still in a lot of cultures and a lot of people today, think that menstrual blood is dirty and pure, unhygienic. We shouldn't talk about it. Secretive, hidden. And so is women and vulva owners' sexuality. We shouldn't talk about that. It's still shamed. And so both of those things together, like reclaiming both of them, is the biggest fuck you to the patriarchy you could possibly imagine. That's healing so much of your lineage, of your ancestral sexual and menstrual cycle and menstrual blood shame. And that's what I was talking about in my post the other day on Instagram. If you missed that, I, I made an a infographic about the ripple effect of the menstrual cycle, of menstrual cycle awareness. So go and check that out if you haven't. It's just like really easy to reach, like arrows pointing from one thing to another. When you do this work, it ripples out and affects the collective. We heal. We start healing as a collective. We start dismantling patriarchy. This is like huge shit. And I don't see a lot of people talking about menstrual cycle, menstrual blood magic and sluttiness and being an ethical slut together. But I that just makes sense in my head. That's why, sorry, that's why for me blood slut feels so true for me because it's like mixing the menstrual blood, menstrual cycle, awareness and empowerment with reclaiming slut we're reclaiming our menstrual cycle by learning about it educating ourselves taking back our bodily autonomy and we're reclaiming our sluttiness we're reclaiming our sexuality and i'm not saying that you have to identify as a slut because you don't but at least remove the shame and the derogatory connotation around that word so that when you see someone else identify as a slut, as an ethical slut, as a sacred slut, you can understand that and you won't judge it and you'll be like, yeah, they're just doing their thing. You know, that doesn't resonate with me, but fuck yeah. All power to you for owning that. 
So when a lot of cis men, you know, you see the bros on the podcast and they're like, oh, she's a fucking slut. And it's like, it's an attempt to disempower us. It's an attempt to uphold patriarchal structures and systems that keep them safe, that keep those men in power. I'm actually watching, this is like a bit of a tangent, but I'm watching this amazing TV show at the moment that I'm going to probably do like a whole podcast episode on eventually or real. It's called Minx, like M-I-N, I'll type it in the chat, M-I-N-X, and it's on Stan. Oh, I nearly tagged someone. And it's fucking amazing. Like, it's just such an amazing feminist piece. Go watch it. I'm not going to say any more because time. Um... Okay, I lost my train of thought. So, yeah, it's an attempt to uphold patriarchal structures that keep those men safe, right? And those systems seek to lower our self-worth so much that we feel inferior to cis men, that men feel they can still trigger warning here by, like, you know, like violate us, cross our boundaries, whether that be sexually or or otherwise, because then they don't go to jail for doing things. You know what I mean? They don't suffer consequences when we live in a patriarchal structure. Sometimes they do if the legal system does its job right, right? But this work is foundational to dismantling patriarchy, menstrual cycle awareness, literacy and education, knowing your body is power, is dismantling patriarchy. And you might not be able to see that yet, but if all of us as a collective, if all the menstruators in the world start doing this work, even the ones that have hit menopause and the the young people, the young vulva owners who and womb holders who are going to bleed, if they start learning about this in preschool and primary school, if they start learning what's going to happen to their body, because some kids get their bleed when they're like eight years old. And so how the fuck <laughs> are we expecting an eight-year-old to look after themselves if we aren't educating them about this stuff because parents are pretty shitty at it, right? Most of us know that. Our generation of parents, like my parents are boomers, shocking. My mum just gave me a little pat and was like, there you go. And I was like, okay, thanks. What do I actually do with this thing? Um, wasn't even like a proper pad. It was like a thick liner. I didn't even absorb the blood. I had leaks. Like it was horrendous. I was an athlete. Like I... <laughs> was playing sport with these things. Like it was not comfortable. You know, I wasn't taught what type of tampon to use to start with. I was trying to shove these like chonky things in my in my fucking vagina when I'm like 16, 17 and I've never had anything in my vagina before. Like <laughs> no one told me that you have to buy the really slim ones and or you can get the applicator ones or not that we really have those in Australia weirdly, but, you know, so many things like that. Like we need to be teaching and empowering young people from a young age. And conservatives will jump on that and they'll be like, 
that's like disgusting. You're like a fucking, you know, pedo or groomer or whatever. It's like, no, you are so brainwashed by patriarchy if that is the way you think. And, you know, that you see those conservative women who just have so much internalized misogyny and I swear to God they have had past lives as cis men. Because I'm like, how the fuck can you be a cis woman and not want to educate small children on their menstrual cycle and give them empowerment and control and bodily autonomy? That just makes absolutely no sense to me. It pisses me off. Because when we feel inferior and when little girls and little children are socialized to think that shit is secretive and shameful, we feel shy to stand up when a guy, I don't know, throws around the word, word slut or shames us for bleeding through onto our school dress or shames us for getting blood on his cock. We don't. We don't think we can stand up. We we think it's gross too. We believe what he's saying. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. That's disgusting. And, you know, Wikipedia as well will tell us that a slut is someone who has loose sexual morals. A pussy owner who has loose, <laughs> sorry, a pussy owner who has many sexual partners, Right does not necessarily have loose morals. That's a huge assumption. Some people with some women and and vulva owners who have a lot of sexual partners may have loose sexual morals. That's on them. That's their responsibility. But not necessarily. There's a lot of people who have very strong sexual morals, being ethical sluts, who have a lot of sexual partners. Okay, and so these people who have loose sexual morals, in my eyes, that's not a true slut. It's not an ethical slut. It's not a sacred slut. A conscious ethical slut has upheld strong sexual morals. They respect those around them. They communicate assertively to partners. You intentionally choose to be an ethical slut. To view your sluttiness as sacred, to view it as an important pillar of your identity. So now that I've explained all of that, you can pop in the chat when you think of the word slut different now, differently now, as an empowering word, a word that you can reclaim and take back your power so that when a man sees you in a tiny skirt down the street and he's like, oh, you fucking slut, he'll be like, yeah, I fucking am, dog. <laughs> you know? What comes up for you now when you think about slut in that way? Has something shifted for you? Or is there still stuff there? Because this isn't going to, like, unravel in one masterclass with me. You're just listening to me talk. You're going to have to go and and journal and sit with this, but this is what we do in blood magic. The final module of blood magic is called blood slut. That's where blood slut was birthed, (laughs) okay? And that's where we really take back our sluttiness. We really reclaim our sexuality, and I'll talk about that more soon. 
So yeah, let me know in the chat. Is there any shame that's still sitting there? What's going on for you right now? What comes up for you now when you think of slut or when you think of yourself as a slut if you don't yet identify as one? Oh, just going to take a second and just make sure I haven't missed anything. Oh, yeah. Another thing I'll say, if you want more info on sluttiness, I had a podcast episode. Um, It was like the second or third podcast episode in Blood Slut. Um, and it's called like, what is a slut or something like that. And that, that's a really good episode for you to listen to if you're new to this whole concept of like slut reclamation. Um, but again, there's a whole module in blood magic where you watch video content and learn practically how to reclaim that part of you. Because you can listen to a podcast episode and learn, or you can listen to a million podcast episodes and learn all the things in theory but it's how to put it in practice. That's tricky. And I think I will do the little slut reclamation exercise at the end so that you can just do it when when you all watch, watch the replay. Um, So I might move into that now because I've already gone like a tiny bit over time, but I started a bit late, so that's fine. So I am just going to share my music in a second and basically um, have a space where you can move and dance. Um, We're going to basically do a practical slut activation exercise to awaken and embody your inner slut just to get you a bit more familiar and so you can get a little taste of blood slut, of that module in blood magic, but also of what it, what it's like to express your sexuality freely. And so we're going to do breath of fire first for one minute. And I'm just going to put a timer on my phone. Um, so just get your space organized. And just take a seat for this first bit. Breath of Fire is a breathwork practice that I really like to do to literally awaken the fire within you, within your belly, within your pussy, within your womb. And you might have seen me do this on Instagram. Um, Some of you might know I practice kundalini yoga. If you don't practice kundalini yoga, oh, it's amazing for like sexual energy cultivation and like circulating sexual energy around the body. And it's amazing place to learn like breath work and stuff um I'm hopefully gonna eventually do my like certification but for now I'm just gonna teach you this breath of fire so just sit with your spine straight on the floor on your bed in a chair and just watch me for a moment so basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this for a minute And you're just going to take a big cleansing breath. (sighs) Just let it all out. Big exhale. And then we're going to do breath of fire. So breath of fire is basically snapping your belly. So you can put your hand over your belly to feel it. And your belly is going to snap quite fast. And you can start a bit slower. So you're basically breathing in and out your nose. So your mouth is closed. But you still want to kind of like have your jaw relaxed so you can kind of have it open a little bit and the tongue on the tip 
just the tip of your tongue behind your front teeth. And then we're just going to go like this. So you're breathing out your nose quite aggressively and then your body will naturally, like you'll naturally breathe in. So you don't really need to think too much about the out breath. You're just thinking about, sorry, you don't need to think too much about the in breath. You're just thinking about the out breath. And then your stomach will like um, kind of like, like snap in and out. All right. So you can keep your hand on your belly if you like. I'm going to press the one-minute timer in a moment. So just get settled. Hands on the belly. If you do start to feel dizzy, like really dizzy, please stop. (laughs) Um, We're also going to hold our breath at the end. Pardon me. So after the minute, we're going to go... And we're going to hold at the top and we're going to squeeze our pelvic floor. Like when you do like a Kegel or something, you're going to squeeze it. And you're going to hold your breath at the same time for about 10 seconds or just as long as you feel is okay for you. Again, if you feel really dizzy, please just let your breath out and just sit with your eyes closed and stay really still. Okay. So let's go. One minute starting now. Remember, your belly is snapping in and out. Keep your hand on your belly. We're going in and out the nose and you're focusing on the out breath out the nose. Once you've got the hang of it, you might like to close down your eyes for this last 30 seconds. It might feel a bit challenging at this point, but keep pushing yourself. You, The more you do this, the easier it will get and the longer you'll be able to do it for. It's just practice like anything. Eight seconds left. And stop and breathe in. Hold, squeeze the pelvic floor, hold at the top, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Squeeze, close your eyes, go within, and exhale. Keeping the eyes closed. Noticing how your body feels. Ah, and gently coming back to the room, opening your eyes. All right, so we're just going to do one song, I think. So after digging up feelings of shame or disempowerment or anything else, it's really important that we shake off, that we move our bodies. 
Okay. And we do some somatic work. So we're going to tune into our feelings. I want you to close your eyes and tune into what you're feeling right now. But this time you're going to stand up and you're going to start moving your body. Okay. Hey folks, hope you enjoyed that. I had to cut off the last section of this masterclass due to copyright reasons because I can't play the music that I played on here because I don't own it. Um, So I recommend going to my Spotify. I'll put a link in the show notes for the playlist actually. Um, It's called Blood Slut. I recommend chucking that on and just having like a dance and just like shaking off after listening to that if you feel called to. Hope you enjoyed it and I will catch you next time. I don't know when that will be, but I hope to see you inside Blood Magic. Love you. Also, babes, don't forget to rate and leave a review on the podcast wherever you listen to this podcast as it helps the visibility of the podcast and it just helps me get my name out there and spread this work all over the globe. As you know, that is very important. Period empowerment work and menstrual cycle awareness and sex education work is so needed, especially for AFAB's women and femmes. I love you all. Bye-bye.